Shirts fans to episode number 168 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today, we've got part three of our conversation with Jared Ellis from Locked On Hurricanes, just continuing to attack the Rangers versus Kane series from every angle and ultimately make a prediction as to who we think is going to come out on top in this best of five series. Additionally, the Rangers are back in action tonight. Yes, for the first time in about four and a half months or so, the Rangers will play in a hockey game. It is an exhibition game, but nevertheless, we get live New York Rangers hockey tonight. They are taking on the New York Islanders at 8 p.m. And we're going to be back here with a brand new episode tomorrow to talk about how they did and to start to preview or continue to preview rather the qualifying round series against the Carolina Hurricanes. So with all that said, here is the third and final part of our conversation with Mr. Jared Ellis from Locked On Hurricanes. Enjoy. What to ask you a little bit too about, um, you know, obviously all these teams have been practicing, they've been scrimmaging each other. Is there any, you know, big takeaway that you have from these Canes practices? Is there any player that you've heard about is standing out a little bit? Anybody that could be a little bit of a dark horse in this series uh, against the Rangers? Maybe somebody that, you know, Ranger fans aren't all that familiar with. Um, one thing I do remember, um, obviously, you know, your big names, you know, are big names, you know, they're doing good as they would be expected to. I remember seeing this one thing a couple of days ago, um, coming out of the uh, post-Zoom press conference. Um, uh, Morgan Geeky, uh, he was the guy that call, gotten called up right before the start, um, where he was playing absolutely hot. You know, he's actually statistically the uh nhl's all-time leader in points per game so suck on that wayne gretzky uh morgan geeky is the goat on paper yeah yeah um <laughs> clearly he's better than wayne gretzky. he's gonna because he was yeah i know <laughs> um really good hockey um he had just gotten called up from the ahl um right before the pause him to be playing really good. It is a name you guys are very familiar with. Um, in Brady Shea, yeah, um, I think he will be a very big factor in that series because I know the Canes have been relying on him heavily. Um, as far as preparation goes for this series, um, as far as like, hey, you know, you know, just kind of helping them figure out, you know, what do we need to be doing here? Um, because they obviously you know know what they know you know with film and all that but he literally just came from that organization yeah so they have been they're going to follow his lead with him that's something that uh, martin Oak said on uh interview that he did with our color commentator uh trip tracy on his podcast he said that they're following uh brady's lead um when it comes to this because he's got a ship on his shoulder heading into this series and he wants to win um, yeah. So I think um, he's a real, not necessarily a dark horse, but he's one probably gonna have to look out for. Yeah, for sure. And it's interesting, you know, looking back on that trade now, because I mean, I guess at the time Hamilton would have been injured. Uh, I don't know if Pesci was injured at the time of, of the Brady Shea trade, but I mean, now that it, 
Yeah, okay, he was. So, I mean, it looks like they're going to be without Pesci with Hamilton, maybe a little bit more up in the air. But, I mean, how much bigger does that trade look now, you know, given the fact that, you know, like you said, two out of your three best defensemen are injured, and now you got Brady Shea in there to kind of pick up the slack a little bit. I think regardless, it was a good trade. Yeah. Um, because Brady Shea's just a really, really good defenseman. Um, there's not much to say about it. Um, you know, you pick a pick up a guy of his caliber. Um, he's he's good at hockey. I mean, that's kind of the way to word it, but um, <laughs> yeah. he's a really good player. With um, guys being out, that's going to come to the forefront even more. Um, he out of all the guys he picked up on the trade deadline between him. Vincent Trocek that we got from the Panthers and Votnin, you know, who's obviously injured that we got from the Devils. He's the first one to score um, or uh, tally a point. And he played the best out of uh, him and Trocek um, that we got. And yet he's really, really good. He played good for us in those few games. I know. And in those seven games, he played good. And he's got how many years was it? I think like four or five years left on his contract to stay. And he's going to play really good. Yeah, and from yeah, you know, everything that I've seen, you know, with him, you know, encountering with fans, you know, a little bit of interaction I had one. He's a great guy too. Um, yeah, he was very well liked in the locker always room. Always yeah. goes. Yeah, yeah, it, it always goes a long way um, with your personality because you can be the greatest player, you know, and you know, you're an asshole. No one's going to want to play with you. Um, it's just kind of like, you know, you're dating someone, they have the best looks, but they got a crappy personality. Yeah. You don't want that. Yeah. Um, I'm with you. I think Brady Shea, he's going to be a big factor in this series. Now, what about Trocek? Because I know he obviously came over from the Panthers. He's a player, you know, has a good all around game. And it always seems like the Rangers have, you know, some interest in him. Every, every month, it seems like there's a rumor popping up that maybe the Rangers are interested in making some kind of deal with the Panthers for Trotrek. I think Shea for Trotrek, I don't know how much steam it ever got, but I think it was at least floated as a, as a possibility before the Rangers ultimately dealt Shane to the Canes. But I'm just curious, you know, how, how has Trotrek kind of fit in with you guys? Uh, what, have, what have you seen from him? Um, well, you know, it took him a little bit to score, man. He scored I believe game on that uh, win streak we were talking about uh, before the pause. Um, so as far as fitting in, you know, he seems to like fitting well in the locker room. Obviously, not in the locker room. We literally don't know because we're not there. Um, but he seems to be doing fine. I think what he needs is just a little bit more time. You know, blank line guy for us, probably second line center um, behind you know the SAT line of Sveshikov, Aho, Teravine, you know, being the first. I think Trotrek is going to be that, that second line guy. He's once he really gets his rhythm uh, here in Raleigh, he's going to be really good for us because he's a extremely high quality player, just like Brady Sherry. And I feel he just needs to get his feet under him a little bit more. Um, and once he does that, he'll be good to go. Gotcha. Because he's another one of those guys. He's got a f- several years left on his contract. Something I was looking up, you know, you're looking where do these teams stack up in the league and, you know, power play unit, penalty kill unit. Uh, something that 
didn't really surprise me about the Hurricanes, but maybe just something that I wasn't really aware of. Uh, they had the second-best penalty kill in the league this year, um, at least in terms of percentage, I believe right around the 88% thing. I think, I mean, do you think that could be a big matchup? Special teams are always big, but, you know, the Rangers, obviously a dangerous team on the power play, but the Canes pretty good at killing off, you know, the man advantage. So, I mean, big matchup there for you. I mean, to me, I think that could be huge. Oh, absolutely. I think it would be huge because, um, like you said, the Rangers are really good on the power play, whereas the Hurricanes are really uh, good on the penalty kill. Um, and they have been all year. Every game I've went to when they've been on the power play, they've been absolutely fantastic. Um, or penalty kill, I should say. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, but I think that's really going to be really big going into this because – it's been talked about to death at this point, but the Rangers did have the Hurricanes number during the regular. So just going into it, I think that's going to be a big point of contention. I think that's going to be something the Rangers and Hurricanes have both prepped for a lot um, because the Rangers obviously know Hurricanes were really good on the penalty kill. Um, Hurricanes know Rangers are really good on the power play. So yeah. I think that would be good, especially because the Hurricanes power play at times have been has been a little iffy, um, so that have to step up. So I don't know if you're aware of this, but you know I mean, we talk about you know Rangers went four zero. The Canes outshot the Rangers by just a ridiculous margin the first three times that they met this season, um, and I got them all written down here. So the first game was on November seventh. The Canes outshot the Rangers forty seven to nineteen. The Rangers won four to two. And the second game was November 27th. The Canes outshoot the Rangers 43 to 25. Rangers win 3 to 2. Third game was December 27th. Canes outshoot the Rangers 42 to 24. The Rangers win 5 to 3. And then the fourth game on February 21. Uh, this is the one that the Rangers actually won. They outshot them 36 to 29. But um, yeah, I'd be lying if I said that doesn't make me nervous because at a certain point, I mean, you know, the puck's going to go in the net if you just keep putting the, the, the puck on the net that many times in one game. Yeah. Because Hurricanes, they definitely are a team that takes a lot of shots, which is obviously good. You know, you shoot the puck however many times, you're going to make it. Um, but one thing Walker and I had talked about in the past, especially when they were in their slump kind of in the middle of the season, you also need to be taking quality shots. Don't take shots just to take shots. Yeah. Make sure you're taking good shots where you could potentially make a goal. Um, and... One thing uh, Jordan Martinuk talked about in his interview with Trip Tracy is in most of those games, Hurricanes very well could have won those games. They were in it. Um, so it, it could have been a completely different story um, heading into the series. So it's not like the Rangers uh, completely blew out the Hurricanes in all four games. Uh, they're close competitive games every single time. Well, uh, except for, I believe, that last one that one's yeah. a little bit yeah um but i think as long as the hurricanes are taking quality shots you know it's one thing out shooting a team but if you're out shooting them and not taking good shots then are you are you really doing anything there um make sure you're taking quality shots um yeah as well you know that's the main thing Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning, like, 
is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and have to wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse just happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Uh, so we earlier we talked about um, the role Brady Shea is having in preparing for this series um, on the hurricane side of things um, because he's familiar with the Ranger system, obviously. Right. And uh, earlier in the season, um, the Hurricanes act, or excuse me, the Rangers actually acquired a, a former Hurricanes player um, in Julian Gauthier. Um, he was obviously more of an AHL guy, but he did play some on the Hurricanes main roster, I guess you could say. Um, is there any um, talk around the Rangers fan base or Rangers organization of how he's helping prepare for the Hurricanes? You know, I haven't heard anything about that specifically, and I think maybe part of that is I believe he only played five games with the actual Hurricanes, right? Wasn't he in the minors for the rest of the season other than just the five or so games? That he played with the Kings. Yeah, he he was a bit more of an AHL guy, but he did play some with the Hurricanes. Um, so yeah, he obviously be a bit familiar with that system. Yeah, I haven't heard that specifically. That you know they're picking his brain as far as you know trying to figure out what the Kings are going to do. But I suppose it couldn't hurt either. And you know I think overall he's played pretty well for the Rangers. Uh, just twelve games and you know limited ice time playing on the fourth line mostly, but. I think a lot of Ranger fans are excited about him. You know, he definitely does have some upside. And uh, while we're on the subject, I was going to ask you about Greg McKegg because, you know, he played with the Canes. He, he dressed for a couple of playoff games last year, I think 12 or so playoff games for the Canes. Um, do you remember anything about Greg McKegg? I mean, to me, he's just kind of like a fourth-line type player. He might be in and out of the lineup as this playoff series uh, progresses. But do you have any memories of Greg McKegg playing for the Canes? Um, not a whole lot. Um, he's kind of the same here. This is a good solid set of hands. Um, yeah, you know, to have on the roster, he's not Conrad David or anything like that. Um, but you know, he is a, again, a good, reliable set of hands you know, for a fourth, you know, good, reliable fourth liner. Um, and he's another, the hurricane system. It's obviously been a minute, um, cause he left in the off season. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if he's one that the Rangers also like, hey, you know, what do you think they're going to do in this situation right here? You know, he's a good, reliable fourth liner. I agree. You know, he does play hard. He gets the most out of what he's got. And, uh, you know, like I said, this year he's kind of been in and out of the lineup uh, really all season, you know, whether he plays or whether he's a healthy scratch. And, uh, you know, with Brennan Lemieux being suspended for the first two games of the series, I would imagine uh, his, his place in the, uh, you know, as far as dressing on game night, probably fairly secure i'm sure he'll be out there on the fourth line for at least the first two games of this series and we'll see how they play it after that i forgot to ask you 
you earlier about the Brandon Lemieux suspension. What were your thoughts on that? Because I thought it was kind of stupid. Yeah, I mean, to me, you know, you look at the play and, you know, he leaves with his shoulder. He kind of jumps into it was Jonas Donskoy in the uh, last uh, game before the season was paused. I mean, to me, it looks like a suspendable offense. It looks like it's kind of on par with, you know, some of the other hits that you see players get suspended for during the course of an NHL season. But I don't know. I, I've been saying on my show, I think two playoff games is a little steep, especially when you consider, you know, this hit happened in the regular season. And so, you know, they inform the Rangers and they inform Lemieux right away that, okay, he's going to be suspended for this. But it took them literally like more than four months. And I, I realized, you know, we had the pandemic and we had to create this playoff tournament from scratch. The NHL had a lot on its table. But it, nevertheless, it took them more than four months to hand out the punishment for Brian Lemieux. I was kind of keeping my fingers crossed that maybe they would just suspend him for regular season games next year, since originally that's what his punishment was going to be, is being suspended in the regular season. Two playoff games, it seems a little harsh, but yeah. I mean, I can't go crazy about it because they're trying to get those hits out of the league. And, uh, you know, to me, it looks on par with the kind of hit that players would be suspended for. But yeah, uh, maybe maybe two games a little bit steep there. Yeah, um, I do agree with that because um, it is a suspendable hit. Um, yeah. That's for sure. Um, but my thing is, like, you waited so long to hand out the punishment. Like, what? Like, you waited over four months, honestly, at this point. What was even the point? Just you know, <laughs> exactly. suspend him was... for, like, the exhibition game um, and find the guy, you know, however much. Like, it just the, was the pointless fun- at this point waiting this long. Yeah. The funny thing is he's actually eligible to play in the uh, the game against the Islanders, the exhibition game, but then he's going to be suspended for the two games in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and speaking of game three, um, well, just all the games in general, um, what are your predictions for the series? Um, I talked with Sarah about that the other day on a, either the Locked On NHL or the her Locked On King show. I don't remember which one. Um, I picked the Rangers, or not the Rangers, excuse me, um, the Canes over the Rangers um, in either four or five games, leaning more towards five in the series going the distance. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at as far as I think this is going to be a long series. I don't think it's going to be a sweep. I think the Rangers end up taking this in five games. And uh, I actually spoke with Sarah uh, for Locked On NHL the other day as well. And, you know, she made an interesting point that it's something that I hadn't really thought of is it's almost like in a weird way, both teams kind of enter this series as the underdog because with the Rangers, like you've got this young upstart team, half the roster has never even played in the Stanley Cup playoffs and they're the 11th seed, whereas the Canes are the sixth seed. But then you look at it from the Canes perspective and it's like, it's they're playing this team that's just been, you know, such a thorn in their side over these last few years. They just can't beat the Rangers for whatever reason. The Rangers, of course, went 4-0 against them this year and have won 10 of the last 12 overall. So, I mean, when you look at it that way, it's almost like both teams are kind of like coming from this place of almost being an underdog in this series in, in a very unique kind of way. Yeah, they're both, you know, they both had their pros and cons of heading into the series. Um, that's for sure. And they're both very evenly matched. Uh, the last time I looked at the betting odds, the Hurricanes were slightly favored. Um, it was like 53 something to I think like 46 or I'm not good at math. <laughs> But it was like right there. They're... I think it's awesome too that um you know that's the first playoff. Was, it... They're they're kicking this thing off on on Saturday at noon. So I mean that that's gonna be awesome getting getting to see our teams. 
start the Stanley Cup playoffs. I'm sure a lot of people will be watching too. Yeah, I know. I got to set my alarm for that one. (laughs) (laughs) That would be early um, because I work nights. So, yeah, I got to set an alarm. Um, And then we obviously have, well, the Hurricanes exhibition game is tomorrow on Wednesday. So that would be cool. Hey, it's still hockey, you know, and I mean, that's, I think that game's on at five and then the Rangers are on at eight. So maybe, maybe I'll have a little double header there and watch both of them. Got the competition first and then watch the Rangers. Yeah. I don't know if I talked to you about this or Sarah, um, in these exhibition games, um, do you feel the teams are going to take these seriously? Um, because obviously, you know, I feel it was kind of just like a, money-making thing on the NHL's part, um, booking these big rivalry games um, like Hurricanes Capitals, Rangers and Islanders. Do you feel it's going to be more like playoff hockey because these teams get getting under each other's skin a lot? Or do you feel it's going to be more in the vein of like the all-star game where no one really cares? Yeah, we talked a little bit about this. And uh, I, I get the feeling, you know, maybe the first couple shifts when guys are first jumping onto the ice for the first time in whatever it is now, four and a half months, I get the feeling there might be just a little bit of a feeling out process. But you put the Rangers and Islanders together on the same rink. I mean, it's always going to get chippy. It's always going to get a little bit heat, heated. And I get the feeling that as the game progresses, you're going to see the aggression kind of pick up. I, I think maybe those first five, seven, maybe 10 minutes will kind of be like, okay, let's, let's get a feel for what we're doing here. But after that, I, I think it's inevitable with Rangers Islanders. And it's probably the same thing with Canes and Capitals. Eventually, uh, you know, emotions are going to run high and these teams are going to be competing hard because they know they got the playoffs right around the corner. I mean, do you feel the same way with the Canes or how, how do you feel about it? Yeah. I could, I think it will lean more towards that of, of just people in because um, a lot of these games are big rivalry games. Um. Yeah. So I feel it's inevitable for um, people to get it, get under each other's skin. Um, because, I mean, you, I was at the preseason game against the Capitals um, back in September, and they were crapping up the preseason. I, who was it? Someone got ejected, too. So, Oh, wow. Again, it's preseason. It's an exhibition game. <laughs> um, yeah. So I feel it'll – at first, it'll kind of be a bit all-star game-ish where everyone's just kind of like, eh. But then you, someone's going to do something, someone's going to retaliate, and it's just going to escalate, escalate, escalate. Yeah. And then it'll be, um, it'll be like an yeah, idea in these rivalry games. Yeah, I think that sounds about right. And I think the biggest priority, really, for all these teams is just get out of there healthy. I mean, I think the last thing anybody wants to happen is, you know, you lose one of your best players in this exhibition game because, you know, you're, you're competing your butts off in a game that really doesn't mean anything. So, yeah, fingers crossed that everybody comes out of this healthy for both our teams. Yeah, that was another thing. Um, yeah, everyone's concerned about health and whatnot for this. And the NHL goes and books these, you know, huge rivalry games where you know going to be physical and whatnot it's like okay i mean again i know again it sounds a bit cynical but i know it was literally just for a money-making reason because these games are going to draw ratings especially in their respective markets but it was a little weird yeah like you want everyone to be healthy and yet you're booking these big matchups yeah, you would almost think that the NHL, I, I mean, going into it, when I heard about these exhibition games, I thought they might kind of do the opposite and just have teams 
uh, that don't really have much history with each other and don't really have much bad blood between them, I would think that those would be ideal exhibition opponents. I mean, like, I mean, think about like the NFL, you know, you have the exhibition games, you don't put division rivals against each other. You know what I mean? So yeah, I don't know. But, but to your point, um, you know, I, I think probably the NHL saw it as like, all right, let's get people watching these games. Let's do the battle of Alberta. Let's do the battle of Pennsylvania. Let's do Rangers Islanders. Let's do Kings Capitals. Let's just get all the, the rivals out there against each other. Yeah. Um, I definitely feel that's kind of what it was um, just coming from a business point of view. Um, now, before we wrap things up, did you have any questions that you may have forgotten to ask me or was I the only stupid one here? <laughs> um, you know, I, I had a few things written down, but after a while, you know, we were talking the other night and uh, we just kind of started rolling, just started talking about hockey. So I think we're all set, man. I think the only thing left to do is uh, drop the puck, start playing some hockey here. Exactly. Well, that does it for part three or part whatever you're going to put yours this in for you. Um, but that does it for this crossover. Um, and we will talk to you guys later. All right. Once again, a big thanks to Jared Ellis for joining the show and talking with us a little bit about the Rangers and Hurricanes playoff series that is forthcoming. We are now just three days away from New York Ranger Stanley Cup playoff hockey action. It really does feel awesome to say that out loud. And uh, just enjoy these last few days. Enjoy the preseason game tonight against the Islanders. And we will be back here to talk about it tomorrow. And then it's on to the playoffs. But that will do it for today. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOn. NYRangers at gmail.com and be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Now go ahead and tell your smart device to play the latest edition of Locked On NHL. And uh, that goes double for today, actually, because it just so happens that I was able to do a guest spot with Sarah Evampato, who is one of the rotating hosts of Locked On NHL, just talking a little bit about the Rangers in today's episode and just their prospects going into the playoffs and just everything basically that's happened around the team this year. So it was a lot of fun and definitely check out Locked On NHL to catch my guest spot on today's episode. So yeah, that's going to do it for today. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.